Welcome to Dumpy Little Unicorn. Today I'm talking to Juliet Kemp. Welcome, Juliet. Hiya. How are you doing? Uh, yes, strange, strange times, but yes, doing all right. Very strange times. Uh, so we're sort of here, we're in sort of like day six of not really going out and mm. staying in and doing all the things that we should be doing. And it's a little bit odd, to say the least. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you finding it? Yeah, I mean, I work from home anyway, and we home educate my kid. So in some ways, it's not as much of a change as it is certainly for anybody who's got a child uh, who's been at school and is now not at school anymore. Um, yeah. But, you know, normally we go out to groups and things. You know, one of the things people say about home education is, but what about socialisation? And I, and I, always, I always say, no, we do loads. We, we go out lots. Not right now. <laughs> That's, it's kind of not happening. No, so, yeah, it's, it's just... yeah. It's really strange, and it is sort of. There's a part of it that just feels like welcome to the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you've said that you'd like to sort of like talk to me today on the podcast. So, uh, we met briefly at Worldcon uh, last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and um, yours is books. Yours are you, know, you have written books that I haven't quite get, gotten around to yet. So would you like to tell everybody about the stuff that you do? Um, sure, yes. Uh, the second book of my Marek series came out. Uh, it came out in ebook um, a couple of months ago and it's out in print round about now. Um, I was due to be launching it at EasterCon, but that's probably not going to happen <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> but uh, they are, um, the Marek series is. Um, epic fantasy um set in a sort of in a city a secondary world um where it's i want to call it urban fantasy because it's in a city but urban fantasy means something different it's epic fantasy in a city (laughs) um (laughs) that is uh political ambition family magic um lots of queer um and i'm working on the third book now um and i've also written an sf novella uh, called a glimmer of silver um, which is second contact ecological science fiction set on an ocean planet, um, and everyone uses Z pronouns. Oh, cool! So um, that sounds that all sounds really interesting. So with your sort of your Marek book, so mm. they're going. That's going to be a trilogy. Uh, it's probably going. It's not the sort of series that has kind of a a. a trilogy arc set to it it's more the sort of series which everything should be self-contained but it carries on in the same world um so the second book shadow and storm which is the one that's just out um i ought to be it ought to be possible to pick it up um and just read it without having read the first one um although i think if you've read the first one you might like it more because you know the characters already and stuff Mm -hmm. uh so yes it's i have more things in mind certainly one more book and probably two um but yes, they're they're leading on from one another, but not exactly um, a series in the sort of trilogy or uh, quadrology, yeah, whatever way. <laughs> I do actually. That's one of the things I do like. I do like standalone books that happen in sort of like the same universe, mm. and you can get sort of like various arcs going on through sort of like different, you know, different stories. I mean, I guess uh, Discworld was good for that because uh, we had. I guess like various different um, story streams happening, mm. but also you know standalones and other things, which 
you know, familiar characters would crop up in. Yes. But it, it didn't sort of, you know, depend on, you know, reading everything in order. And Bujold's own Volkhozigan saga books a bit like that as well. Some of them link more closely to one another than others, but they're not, you know, they but they they all have the same, you know, many of the same characters and people and world and all of that, but they're not, uh, you don't have to read them from the start and all the way to the end. Although you probably should, because they're great. <laughs> one of my favourite series. Excellent. Um, so, so you said you were working on third book in the series currently. Um, sort of, are you are you done with your first draft? Um, sort of, basically, I'm just asking a little bit about process. And or do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? <laughs> um, I'm in the middle of the first draft, so there's a limit right. to how much I'm able to say about it because I kind of get stuck and start stammering. Um, but uh, I've actually this month I've put that on hold because I'm working on a science and totally different science fiction book, which is on its like fourth, third, or fourth proper full mm-hmm. draft, and I really, really want to finish that really soon. Okay. And maybe shop it to agents because um, I don't have an agent. Mm. So, um, and then I will go back to the Marek one, which uh, hopefully Elsewhere will be interested in because Elsewhere Press have published the first two books. Yeah, excellent. But I really, um, want to, I do really want to do the Marek one. Um, but I, I'm experimenting at the moment with historically, I've tended to have two projects on the go at the same time. Yeah. Um, at different stages, and I'm experimenting with just actually focusing on one thing for like a whole month <laughs> so we'll right. see how that goes and the hope that I can do it kind of faster and keep more of it in my head at the same time that's the theory yeah we'll see if it doesn't work I'll go back to my usual method I know uh, other authors that I've spoken to uh quite often they'll write on one project and then be like uh, if if it isn't talking to them that day they'll switch to something else and might have uh sort of like even more than two projects on the go at once uh mm. I don't know if I could cope with something like that. I think sort of the changing gears would wreck me, but um, I'd be interested to hear your take on it. I've I have in the past tended to it's more two different things at different um, at different stages. Like mm-hmm. there's only so much kind of first I'm, first draft writing. I'm quite fast at. I can write you know four or five thousand words in a day at that stage, no problem. Editing, it feels more like kind of hacking at my head with a pickaxe, right? <laughs> and is much more painful. Um, and so I've tended to kind of be doing something first draft and, you know, I've got a, a sort of outline-ish. I have an idea of what's going on. I can kind of belt along at that um, and then spend and then change gears and work at a different sort of um, a different sort of writing, you know, the, the editing stage. Yeah. And I could get I can get more done when I've run out of um, first draft words for the day, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that um, does make sense. But yes, I think the problem at the minute is because this project I'm working on is very much at the editing stage. Uh, I was skipping out on it a bit because I find editing really hard. So, <laughs> so I'm making myself do it. It's more, I think yes. it's, it's more the thing. Uh, I, I do a bit of crafting and um, I've recently gone back to a crochet blanket that I have been making for mm, some years uh it it actually doesn't take that long it's just I really dislike sewing in the ends and Ooh, I think that's kind of a, a really good metaphor for <laughs> editing it's yes. like sewing in the end so it all looks pretty and it, it's uh-huh. like I would rather do anything but sew in the ends <laughs> that sounds really familiar I've I've got a I craft as well I knit um and I've I've been working on this kind of 
jumper for eight for years and I keep putting it down to do other things and I say things like oh well this is my kids for my kids Christmas you know jumper face Christmas present obviously there's a deadline and I have to do this instead and that's true but the real problem is um I'm supposed to be steaking it which is where you when you finished it you you cut down the middle of it basically you cut your knitting up to make a hole no I know exactly I've never done it before I'm terrified and I know that I'm putting off finishing it because then I will have to do this scary steaking part and I'm like no 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 I can just knit something else it's fine yeah, that's. I think I avoid ju- jumpers and clothing because it involves doing very scary things. And um, yeah, no, it's like I, I do things that are flat. I, I can do toys, mm-hmm. but anything that involves, you know, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recommend making them for small children who are much less picky about the fit yeah. of their clothes, frankly. <laughs> That does sound like a good plan. And also a very good skill for the apocalypse. Uh, no, it's you true. You can make your, own, <laughs> make your own socks. <laughs> socks are the best. I love knitting socks. I knit socks at cons um, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm listening to panels and things because it keeps my hands busy and I, then I don't get distracted. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. I, I do have a lot of friends who, who do knit at cons and I have knitted at cons as well, but it has to be something simple that I don't mm. need to keep too much in my head so that you can take yeah. things in as well <laughs> that's why i quite like socks because i just go round and round and round and round and round yes. and round um turn the heel round and round and round and round and round some more it's good i i need a very simple sock pattern i may hit you up for one later <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome to more socks <laughs> so um yeah you you said that you uh home educate and you sort of you work from home anyway and so it's maybe having less of an impact on you than it's it's like it's kind of more mm. carrying on as normal just without the going out mm. um so do you have a routine that you do while you're at home when you're working or do you um, sort of... in, in an ideal world I would have a much better routine currently my r- routine is you know piss around on the internet until I feel too guilty to stop <laughs> <laughs> um and then finally manage to do some writing like that's the <laughs> And then somebody disturbs me or I have to walk the dog and I have to start the whole process all over again. Yeah. Pissing around on the yeah. internet until I feel guilty <laughs> enough to start doing some work. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that, I think I can relate to that. Uh. <laughs> that's, that's the only, that is the honest answer. <laughs> so um, you were going to do a reading for us today. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like to introduce it a little bit and tell us a little bit about it? Sure, let me just um, pull up my paper. Uh, it is a reading from the start of Shadow and Storm, my latest Marek novel, um, available now. Uh, and uh, Jonas, who is a uh, new sort of newish arrival in the city Marek, um, discovered in the previous book that he has some um, like some level of magic powers, but is struggling to get to grips with them. Um, and Kato, one of the sorcerers who lives in the city, um, is attempt has been attempting to teach him somewhat half-heartedly because Kato is basically a bit lazy. Um, so Jodas also sees tiny visions of the future sometimes, which he calls flickers, and he strongly dislikes them um, because his uh, the culture he comes from um, doesn't approve of magic. Um, so yeah, this is the from the first scene in Shadow and Storm where Jonas is supposed to be trying magic again. If you're not going to tell me about these flickers, Cato paused very slightly and Jonas glared at him. We may as well try the summoning spell again. 
Jonas sighed and picked up a pigeon feather from the desk. He didn't see why it was likely to work now if it hadn't before, but Cato was right. If he was here, he might as well keep trying. He took a pinch of ground ginger, placed it into his cut left hand, and mixed it with a pinch of wood shavings. Now, Cato said peaceably, lying back down on his bed, focusing your mind on which, what you wish to achieve, and holding the charming Beckett in mind as you make your request. With the tip of the feather, Jonas began to flick the ginger and wood mixture, a little at a time, out of his hand, changing the direction he swept it in each time. He thought of the pigeons outside the window, going about their business, thought of the squats as they looked from the roof, as the pigeons must see them. He thought of Cato's window frame and where it was in the building, and where the building was in Marrick, imagining the city as a bird would see it from on high, the river winding through the middle of it to the south of where he currently stood. He envisaged one of the birds flying down towards the building, in towards Cato's windowsill. He placed Beckett, the city angel, the spirit that looked to Marrick and made its magic work in the Marrick of his imagination, permeating the city as a half-real, half-imagined presence. And for a fraction of a second, he could have sworn he felt Beckett's grave, unmoving regard, saw Beckett in his mind's eye as Jonas had first met them, confused and part human in a pub. And at the back of it, he felt a great frustration boiling in his skull. A frustration with his flickers and with his apparent inability to do this thing that Cato had said he could. It wasn't fair to have one and not the other, not when Cato kept telling him they were connected. A frustration with Beckett, who had brought him to the attention of sorcerers and dragged him into a magical and political confusion that he was still surprised he'd come out of in one piece. A frustration with Cato, lying on the bed watching him with a faint and unconcerned smile. A frustration with this whole damn city and with the Salinas ships whose welcome would sour if they knew what he could do. He clenched his teeth as it built, still thinking of the squats and the city and the pigeons and flicked the last little bit of the mixture out of the palm of his hand. There was a great fluttering of wings, and pigeons began to pour into the room through the open window. Five, ten, dozens of them crowding into the room as Jonas stared open-mouthed. Cato, shocked out of his lethargy, sat up and mouthed what was undoubtedly a swear word. Pigeons were flapping around his head, feathers everywhere, a claw tangling in his hair, then ripping away, and Jonas felt the beginnings of panic. He'd done this, hadn't he? How had he done it? How could he undo it? There was a roaring in his head, a tightening across his skull, and then someone tall and travel-stained climbing out of a window, a Marrick window, Jonas knew with inescapable certainty, a bag over their back, anxiety around them like a cloud and the scent of danger. He staggered and almost fell with the dizziness that always accompanied a flicker, just as Cato stood up on the bed, batting pigeons aside with his hands. Through the storm of wings, Jonas saw him make a gesture with one hand, then the other, saying something that Jonas couldn't hear through the noise of the birds. The fluttering died down even as Cato was saying it, the birds funnelling back through the window uh, back through the window as quickly as they'd come in until the room was silent again. I thought you needed ingredients to do sorcery, Jonas said inanely, the first thing that came to mind. You do, Cato said, sitting back down again cross-legged. At least for now, and I generally find them helpful. They provide a focus and a certain amount of energy or power or what have you, but, well, in an emergency, yes. He took a deep breath. Takes it out of you, though. And indeed, he did look a trifle worn beneath his mask of casual unconcern. What happened? Jonas asked. Had the flicker had anything to do with the magic? With the birds? He almost opened his mouth to tell Cato about it, then thought better of it. Well... Cato drawled. At a guess, I'd say that you did some magic. Perhaps slightly more magic than we had quite intended. I did say that Beckett might still be quite fond of you. Fond of me? To send all these birds here? You asked for birds, no? Birds were sent. 
Cato beamed at him. Now, Jonas, do tell me, just how annoyed were you? At me, perhaps? People often are annoyed at me. I have noticed this in the past, when you did that. I'm thinking, perhaps, very annoyed? Jonas looked at him, sitting cross-legged in the middle of his rumpled bed, feathers still drifting down around him, the bed cover and the floor of the room spattered with bird shit. There was an expression of polite inquiry on his face. Jonas started to laugh. Cato's lips twitched and then he was laughing too. Don't worry, Jonas choked through his laughter. I'm sure I'll be able to get annoyed again. Happy to help, Cato said and cackled once more. There you go. Brilliant. (laughs) I really enjoy that. That was... um superb so um yeah i'm gonna have Kate to is my, Kate is my favorite kate is my favorite <laughs> <I love Kate>. <laughs> <laughs> excellent so um just trying to get my brain in order yeah so let's move on to the the, the part of the podcast where i ask everybody the same questions mm-hmm. so uh what have you been reading uh lately that you have loved um, I've just started reading A Song for a New Day by Sarah Pinksner, which is either a really good thing to read right now or a really terrible thing because it is a kind of apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic novel about um, music and musicians and gigs and about how sort of live music in the context of uh, first a bombing, you know, threats of bombs and then a plague. Um, <laughs> So it's it's I'm it's really well written. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it might not be for everyone at this moment, but it seems no. very very opposite. Um, I've also recently read uh, Docile by K M Spara, which is excellent. is about kind of consent consent under capitalism and uh, sort of debt slavery and things like that. Right. Um, I've been rereading a lot of K J Charles's stuff as comfort reading. Um, yeah, and I heartily recommend KJ Charles's uh, romances, historical romance, historical fantasy romance. They're all great. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm sort of making notes as as we speak. Growing the to the mount to be read pile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I recently read uh, Station Eleven. Um, sort of, yes, I've heard that. And it's it it sounds like it's quite similar to a song for a new day in in that that involves sort of like artists in a post apocalyptic cataclysm where there's been a sort of like again a plague and you know the way that things have moved on since and it seems like there's similarities between them but it's also very gentle it's uh it's quite a sort of serene novel to read Mm. (laughs) but um it's there's a lot of of theater references and shakespeare and um yeah i i really enjoyed that so it it would link in with that quite well Mm. i think um, yes, a song um, for a new day so far feels quite positive, positive, and it's about connection and things. So I say I haven't finished it yet, but I'm given to understand that it is it has got a hopeful feel all the way yeah. through. That's that's one thing I've been sort of reading a lot more of lately. Is uh, and even you know before this is just mm. that uh, you know hope punk is seems to be where I'm finding sort of like books which are about nice people who do nice things. Yes, yes. <laughs> And the Goblin Emperor is one of my favourite books. Oh my word, yes! I it was just just trying to do their best yes. and just trying to be their yes. best and making good choices for the right reasons. And mm. it's it's really comforting to read <laughs> something like that, especially you know, especially at the moment. Mm. Um, and yeah, kind you know, being kind is punk at the moment. So let's let's yes. be punk be kind. and yes. let's be kind. Being kind is good. Yes. <laughs> 
I think people are, um, actually. It's happening. Yeah. And uh, what have you been listening to? And that can be anything. Um, a lot of the time these days, I listen. I listen to playlists. Um, so I'm never quite. Mm-hmm. I was going to say never sure what I'm listening to, but it's lots of different things. Um, I have one that I use for writing, which I literally have no idea what's on it. It was a Spotify automatic one, um, mm-hmm. and it's because I've been using it for a while. It's just it really does. It helps with the state of brain. Like right. you know, the first the first chords and the first song come up, I'm like, oh, it's writing time. Um, but it's deliberately stuff that's very. Uh, I'm not interested in as a music experience because that mm-hmm. would distract me the whole point is it's kind of soundtrack you know audio wallpaper yeah. very nice audio wallpaper no. um i also have a cheerful playlist which has stuff like um lady gaga and um uh the shaman and people <laughs> some, some some really old school 90s stuff um, excellent and uh more some more up-to-date stuff uh which i put on for jumping around the kitchen and um, with my small child <laughs> um, which is really i strongly recommend cheers you it does cheer you up uh i've been listening to leonard cohen uh, quite a bit lately and, and hosier which is a relatively recent um discovery yes. because the good omens fandom appears to be very into hosier and i got very into the good omens fandom and now i'm listening to hosier um and musicals bring it on the musical um which is supposed to be coming back to the south bank in december so we'll see what's happening in december <laughs> bring it, or bring it on the bring musical. It on the musical yes as in like from the as in the, the film but it's a musical yeah uh, the story's Ooh. different again but broadly speaking cheerleaders yeah. musical they had it um last summer somebody was doing it at the southwark playhouse um right uh, quite a small it was it, which is a small little theater um, yeah. it was great they were so good um, and it's coming, yeah, it's due to, due to be in the South Bank in December. So I'm hoping to take my kid to it because he really loves it. Fantastic. I'm a huge musicals fan. So uh, so aside from Bring It On, what other musicals are you into? Uh, I've been listening to Six um, recently as well. And yes. Hamilton, um, desperately. Yes. <laughs> and I have, uh, yes, from, from my misspent youth, uh, as it were, my childhood, I'm quite fond of... Um, quite a few of the Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, which is one of those things that one's supposed to be embarrassed by, but I just, I still love them. Um, and Les Miserables, which I've seen mm, over the years, like nine or 10 times maybe now. Okay. Um, that's Well, that is in the last I, 30 years. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I sort of obsessed a lot over Les Mis when I was a teenager. I think mm. it, it's, it's perfectly written to appeal to sort of teenage girls at that point. And it, mm. it will like, you and never let you go <laughs> I, I have an alarming an alarm I, I sort of came to the alarming realization a couple of years back that like it might genuinely have had a sort of impl- in fact on my on my political politics and my way of thinking about the world from listening to it too often at the age of about 12 or 13 like in a good way I think but... yeah absolutely um yeah it it is it is a classic for a reason <laughs> yes uh yeah so I I'm a huge musical fan so I've been quite distraught that all of the theatres have mm. shut and it's all of the things that you sort of because no, normally we go perhaps I, as often as we can to see mm. everything and it's it is quite strange to think that they're they're yeah. shut and uh yeah it and it's affecting so many people and so many people's you know lines of work mm. and everything and it's yeah yes oh, it's terrifying. terrifying yeah so yeah. um so that's what you listen to. I mean, I could talk to you mm-hmm. all day about musicals. This day, to be honest. But so, yeah, so 
what have you been watching? And again, that can be anything as well. So films, uh, TV. Um, last night I watched Legally Blonde um, with a uh, bunch of friends like online. Um, we yeah. were all on Slack at the same time. We started at the same time. We were chatting about it, which was great fun. It is a fun, it's a fantastic film. It's so much fun. Everyone talking about being, people being kind. In Legally Blonde, like the whole point, she's kind. People are being nice, almost all of it. And then sometimes, apart from the, the couple of nasty people who broadly speaking come to a bad end, like brilliant more of that um, it's so much fun it really cheered me up um i've been watching sex education on netflix as well although i haven't yeah. finished season two yet um but that's i love I, I, i've been really enjoying that um and there's another netflix show i am not okay with this which is sort of uh it's, it's, it's sort of it feels almost like a cross between like stranger things and sex education in in right, okay. terms of the way it's sort of shot it's a sort of told narrated by the protagonist who um appears to have acquired superpowers when she gets really angry she breaks things basically um and yeah she's 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 teenager like 16 17 that kind of age so there's that sort of teenage stuff going on at the same time and um she's working out a lot of things about her sexuality and things as well um it's one of those like it's one of those netflix ones it's like 20 22 minutes per episode so you can belt through it quite quickly (laughs) excellent um, and i've been enjoying that we're not again not quite finished um and i've also been watching with my child my kid um there's a youtube channel by some people called kurzgesagt um it's means in a nutshell it's german for in a nutshell but they're right. english videos but they're sort of cartoon science videos basically and they're really really good um, really informative their most recent one is unsurprisingly about coronavirus um but it's it's really good to sort of factual very straightforward um very clear uh, they also but they also do videos of things about things like how could you build a mars base it's a really bad idea but how would you do it if you're going to do it um and the human microbiome and uh how to how to build a dyson sphere that was another one that my kid really liked and universal basic income they do about all sorts of things but they're very well researched and they're really um they're really interesting they, they do that sounds really useful and i think sometimes everybody needs a very simple primer that explains things <laughs> yes. clearly and simply really and, good, isn't it? and they have lovely they've got lovely sort of cartoon graphics with a little duck very clear <laughs> oh fantastic so the one of the other things i ask is um a do you play games and um, that can be sort of board games and uh, or role play games or computer games or video games do you play um, not, I'm not a huge gamer. I play board games a little bit more now because I play them with um, my kid, who's he's eight now. Um, yeah. Last weekend, we played Pandemic at his at his request. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, would not have been my choice. Um, we wound up playing it twice because we we lost really quickly the first time, and then the second yeah. time we won, so that was all right. Um, but yeah, he was clearly like he's clearly processing through play. He'd spent the previous day um, like making up his own uh, virus. Um, the whole day <laughs> right so um so I was very much like okay if that's what you want to play of course we will um anyway that was fine uh we I play a bit of Minecraft um with yeah. some grown-up friends on a on a on a shared server on a rum um mm-hmm. and I've been doing a bit more of that uh, lately um your friend's got some a couple of really good big projects uh, that he wants to build and so I'm trying to get trying to help quarry stone basically to, oh, right. <laughs> to an enormous building project um but it's quite soothing. My mining, I find mining in Minecraft a very soothing activity. It's just very repetitive and calm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we play. I play a few sort of card games. Um, Sushi Go is one we like. And yes, um, 
uh, what's the other one? Oh, Exploding Kittens. That's the other one we've played yes, recently that yes. Leon, my kid, really likes. Yeah, I, I, it's one of the things we had uh, a, a friend over last night. We we picked we picked the, them up from their house and brought it to our house uh, to minimise contact with other people. And <laughs> we had an evening of board games. Then we 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 took them home again. And um, yeah, it's so we uh, we played Zuro, which is sort of tiles and dragons, and you have to. You, you're creating pathways and you're moving your dragon round and trying to knock other people off the board and not die and be the last one standing, which is, it's a beauty. It, honestly, mm. the game is beautiful. It's that just really, lovely. really pretty. Dragons. And I like then, dragons. I'm, I'm here for dragons. It's, it, it's, it's not a very expensive game, but it's also beautiful. And oh, it's, it's one you can play like mm. eight times on the bounce and not be bored of because every time it's different and you're like, well, how can I, yeah, it's it's great, and we also played uh, Machikoro, which is a dice rolling game, mm-hmm. which I normally get a bit frustrated with because I am not very good at this sort of the luck element of rolling dice. Mm. I am rubbish, but we were sort of uh, trying to build each trying to build a, a city by rolling dice and gaining resources, and I had a good start, and then it just went to poo because um i <laughs> the dice turned on me halfway through so I'm like, okay well this is this is rubbish now i'm not going to get there but um it's it, yeah it, it's it's a nice thing to do and mm. sort of like looking at ways of of connecting with with people remotely mm. and doing stuff that way it's it's certainly interesting and mm. well i gather um, Ticket, Ticket to Ride, which are one of the games we've got and enjoy, you can play, there's an online version that you can play with yes. other people, which um, I might look into at some point. Yeah, I love Ticket to Ride. It is one of my favourites. Basically, I get very excited about the trains. <laughs> yes, no, we like All it a lot. the trains. We played it with the kid a couple of um, weekends ago and uh, he he plays with an open hand so we can kind of help. Um, and yeah. my partner, my my partner and I, may, might attack one another a bit, but we'll but we'll be kind to to um, yeah. my kid, to Leon. Um, but uh, he'd he'd laid all his roots, and we were like, okay, well you've still got a few left. Take a couple more cards, and just you know, thinking he could probably make one more. Pulled three cards. Every single one was a route that he'd already covered with what he'd already done. So he beat <laughs> the shit out. He beat us by about fifty points. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> that's very unfair <laughs> I, oh when that happens it's just like oh you can, yeah. you can feel but a bit smug and fine, then yeah it's fine he was delighted <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that that is great when that happens and oh the other thing i ask is um so yeah this is this is sort of like the big question what needs more love and that can be you know um books that you think require you know you would recommend that uh, you know have don't get enough love or it can be you know a big concept because um i've had both <laughs> as answers to that question and whatever you whatever you want to say will be fine okay um i just a, a book a book i read recently and enjoyed and i'm not sure many people have um encountered is uh finna by nino sipri uh, which is a novella about finding a portal in in not ikea <laughs> right <laughs> which is great <laughs> Sorry, novella. Yeah, novella about, um, uh, and with uh, the both char- both main characters are queer, which is also good. Um, I will say what the thing I always say when people ask me to recommend stuff, or like Black Sails, the TV show. Everyone should see it. Everyone should have seen it. It's a bit. It's quite bloody. 
quite bloody yeah. in places, but it is amazing. So well done, so well put together. Um, totally stuck the landing. You know, four seasons and they're done, which means you don't have to worry that they're going to screw it up <laughs> in the next season. There is no next season. Um, so good, so good. Uh, needs more love conceptually. I think I'm going to go back to you know people being nice to each other. What we were saying earlier about hope punk and that kind of like uh, yes. People, people being kind. That's the thing. I think people, I think people mostly are kind. There's a book by Rebecca Solnit um, about what people actually do in um, disasters, and most of the answer is people actually are kind to each other. They try and look out for each other. Obviously, some people are not kind. Some, you know, there's always some people who are assholes. Um, yeah. But by and large, you know, people do want to support one another. So do that. <laughs> Brilliant and. So that's, yeah, that's basically all my questions for cool. today. Um, thank you very much for joining me. And um, yeah, you. everybody should go and grab grab your books you from yes. wherever <laughs> is open and wherever, <laughs> wherever they can be found. Uh, also yeah. available as e-books, which is... <laughs> Yes, a, a, a good good thing in in these particular times. Although I, you know, indie bookshop indie bookshops are still uh, there's something that needs more love. All the people who are not currently able to run their businesses or who are running their businesses online or people's pubs who are doing off license sales, all of those right now. Yeah, but yes, indie bookshops online hive.co.uk um, is a good uh, thing for that. They support ind- independent bookshops. Bookshops you can buy books either paper or ebooks. I think online. Brilliant. Okay, cool. thank you very much. Thank you very much for today. It's been great. Um, 